Hello, this is Terry Cheek. I want to thank you for choosing our broadcast, and my prayer is that it will be an encouragement to your walk with the Lord. Comments or questions can be directed to me via the link on our sermon audio page. Now, on to your selection. When we hear about bread, well, the first thing that we think about today is a loaf of white bread or white bread that we would go to the grocery store and get to make sandwiches out of. But let's think about, let's think about what it was like in Jesus' day. In Jesus' day, a, a loaf of bread, it meant something. It meant something really special because there was so much work that had to go into it. There was so much that was required of it. I mean, the, the folks that had a loaf of bread, they literally had to raise the wheat. Then they had to go out and they had to harvest the wheat. Then they had to thresh the wheat and separate it from all of the other things that had grown with it. And then they had to grind the wheat into flour. And then they had to mix it and knead it with milk and, and all of the other ingredients. And then they had to bake it over a fire in an oven that they had to go cut the wood for. They had to find it. They had to cut it. They had to prepare it. They had they had to bake it. And then they, when it was baked, then it was time where they could allow it to cool and then they could break it apart and they could eat it. So for someone to have a loaf of bread in Jesus' day, it was something really special. So Jesus compared himself to being the bread, as being the bread of life. He compared himself to bread because there was a lot of things that bread meant in that day. And he fulfilled all of those things spiritually in the lives of others. So let's take a moment this morning. Let's go to God's Word, verse 47, John chapter 6, and let's read and see what Jesus has to say. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your father did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Some interesting words, how Jesus compares himself to earthly bread and his place and his purpose and everything that God has sent him to do. So this morning for a little while, I want us to think about Jesus being the bread that never spoils. So as I said, the gospel takes us to Jesus as the bread of life. And if you want to read the whole passage, you go back and you begin at verse 32. That will let you go to the very beginning of everything that Jesus has to say about being the bread of life. But it's an important passage. Jesus repeats being the bread of life over and over in his message. And that message, by the way, ends in verse 59. So verses 32 through 59 is everything Jesus had to say about he being the bread of life. It is a message that demands attention in the 21st century. 
as much attention as it did in the first century when Jesus spoke it. Now, as I gave the little mini-introduction earlier and talked about the meaning of bread in that day and what was involved in it in order to have it, that gives you an indication of what a value, what value bread had in people's lives. And it should give us an indication today of what value it should have in our lives and also what value Jesus himself has in our life. But the question comes, why did Jesus choose bread to compare himself to? Well, first of all, bread has always been a very important staple of life. And a staple is something that's necessary for living. Staples are bread and water and milk and, and salt and things of that nature. Things that, that our body needs in order to, in order to live and in order to grow. And Jesus, likewise, is necessary for living physically and spiritually. If we don't have Jesus in our life today, our life is incomplete. Now think about that strongly this morning. If you do not have Jesus, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, your life is incomplete. It would be just like trying to live without having any bread or trying to live without having any of the other nutrients in life that, that our bodies require. Missing Jesus in our life and missing that relationship with Jesus is something that is very real, something that is very needed, something that is very necessary. And it is something that we can't, we, we don't have to earn it. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We can't deserve it. It's free. That relationship is absolutely free. And you know what's really good about Jesus? He doesn't care about our past. If Jesus cared about a person's past, I could not be here in front of you today because my past would not allow me to be here. If Jesus cared about a person's past, there would be no individual walking today, not even Billy Graham, would have been able to have qualified for a relationship with Christ. He would not have. It is free. It is grace. It is mercy. It is the love of God that is shed abroad to all of us. It's given to every one of us. I'm going to go to John 3.16 later in the message, but I want to use it now as part of this introduction. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life couple of things there very quickly by introduction I want you to think about. God loved the world. The world are the people that are in it. If we go back and look at the Greek word that was used to translate world, we will see it talks about people. God so loved the people. God so loved the people that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave a Jesus as a sacrifice for our sin. Because we couldn't pay for it. We could not give anything that would, that would be a payment for the sin that we have in our life. And it's not about the type of sin. 
It's about sin in general. And Jesus, the blood of Jesus, paid for all of it. The blood of Jesus covered it. Whosoever believeth, believeth. Do you believe in Jesus today? That's what's required to have that, to have that relationship. That you believe in Him, that you accept Him, and you accept that sacrifice. That you believe in what He done on the cross. That you believe that His death will atone for your sin. That you believe that that blood will cover your sin. That you believe if you come to Him and ask Him to forgive you of your sin, it will happen through faith. He doesn't have to, He doesn't have to mail you a certificate. He, he, you don't have to do anything in particular. Only ask and believe in faith. And it will be done. Now that's pretty amazing today. Especially in the 21st century. Because everything today has a catch or a gimmick to it. Everything does. It's, it's got some money tied to it. Uh, it's got something that you've got to do. A commitment that you've got to make. Uh, a program that you've got to move into. Uh, so it's got something. There's some type of a gimmick tied to things today. But there is nothing like that with Jesus. Jesus has no gimmicks. Jesus has no games. Jesus has no programs. When you, when you come to Him and you believe in Him and you let Him save you and let Him forgive you of your sin, you become what's called born again. Nicodemus was a person in the Bible who really questioned Jesus when he talked about being born again. And he asked him, he said, what am I supposed to do? Uh, go into my mother's womb and be reborn? And Jesus said, no, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Believe in me. And experience a new birth and become a new person. Old things will be passed away and all things will become new. That is the new birth that Jesus promises. That is the essence of Him being the bread of life. He is the supplier of life. New life. Abundant life. Beautiful life. Beautiful life that comes to Him. Through Him. To you as a free gift. When we think of Jesus and we think of He being the body and He being the, he being the bread that that comes into our body. We think of bread also containing nutrients. Nutrients that are broken down by our body to give us energy. And energy makes the body strong and provides the motivation to do the work necessary for everything we do daily. Jesus is the energy that we need for healthy activity in our daily lives. Jesus is the energy that you have available to you to lead you, to guide you, to direct you in a proper daily life. A life that He wants to be a part of. A life that He wants to see you involved in. Now if you're saved this morning and you know that you've been saved and born again, this, this is, this is old news to you. You, you already know this, but it's, it's encouraging. It's uplifting. It's supporting to know and to hear it over again that Jesus is the reason that you have eternal life. 
So second, if you're familiar with your Bible and you hear the word bread, you think of leavened or unleavened bread. Leavened bread is bread that has like yeast in it that will allow it to rise. Unleavened bread doesn't. So it would be like the difference of having a, a loaf of bread that's baked and risen that you slice into sandwich slices and having a tortilla. One will rise when it is baked and one will not. But they use that picture in the Bible to give an illustration of sin. Leaven in the life of a person is a picture of sin that rises up inside of our body. It is pride. It is selfishness. It is self-centeredness. It is the things that, that the world puts into us. Where we're saying, I'm going to get even. I'm going to have revenge. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's things that come up that lead us to make bad decisions and poor decisions. Those are, that is the leaven of life that comes in. If we have been a victim of somebody else's sin in our life, they acted out of the leaven of sin in their lives. I'm not saying they're not responsible. I'm not saying they don't have consequences because they do. Sin always has consequences in anyone's life, in our life, in someone else's life. Sin has consequences. But here's the beauty of Jesus. Those consequences don't have to define our future. We may have to deal with those consequences. Others may have to deal with them. But that doesn't have to be the people that we are a year from now or a minute from now. Jesus says, Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, all of you that are tired, all of you that are pulled down, all of you that are worn down, all of you that are frustrated, all of you that are tired and, and, and you've been worried and you've been frustrated and you've been suffering from the sin of this world and of the things that are going around. Jesus says, come to Him. Coming to me, I can give you guidance. I can show you some things in the Bible. I can't save you. I can't save myself. But I can show you from God's Word how Jesus can save you this morning. I can show you from God's Word how He can give you new life. I can show you from God's Word how simple it is and how everlasting it is. When we're thinking of those things, three things come to mind. First, we have to see Jesus as the divine provision of bread. And bread is used, as I said, as an example of giving nourishment. Uh, Jesus is our divine bread, our divine food for our soul. Through His Word, our Bible, and His daily presence in our life, we have everything necessary to grow in fellowship and a relationship. But here's a question. How easily are we distracted from that. Life and the world around us has a way of getting involved and distracting us from the blessings that God has for us. The love that He has for us. The gifts that He has for us. 
Everything that He has to give us and to do in our life, He requires our attention. He requires us to look toward, toward Him. But this world gets in the way. Circumstances, situation, hurt and heartache. All of those things distract us away from God. Grief and agony and despair and frustration. All of those take us in and they distract us away from God. They have us looking at something new, something different. They have us with a, a with with a desire, a desire for uh, the nicer the nicer house, uh, a desire for the nicer car, a desire for uh, uh, for the nicer job, a desire for some of these other things. And God doesn't hold any of that against us. God wants us to have a nice place to live. God wants us to have a nice job. God wants us to have a nice car to drive. God wants us to have all of those things as a need in our life. But when they become a distraction from Him, they become sin. They are in their own right what's called amoral. By them being amoral, that means they have they they don't have a fight. They don't have a dog in the fight one way or the other. But the way that they become used, and the way that we allow them to get used in our life to be either a blessing that God has given or a distraction that is given to us to take us away from God, that is whether they become sin in our life or not. When we're thinking about the bread of life, and we're thinking about Jesus being that bread. Think about the fellowship that we have with one another. Think about the relationship that we have with God, our personal relationship. If you're not born again this morning, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that personal relationship needs to be there. You need to make that change. You need to come to Christ. You need to ask Him to forgive you of your sin. And you need to have that relationship established and developed. Nothing else in life will replace that. Nothing else will. Well, Jesus, bread, also reveals his, he, he was divinely pre-existent. That means Jesus wasn't born. Now, some of you are going to think, well, what about Christmas? We all celebrate the birth of Jesus. We celebrate the incarnate birth of Jesus. Jesus was already existing in heaven. When Mary became pregnant with the Holy, through the Holy Spirit, it was Jesus from heaven that she gave physical birth to. Jesus already existed in heaven. John chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was God the Word was with God and the Word was God in the beginning. And when we look at that word beginning, it's not talking about in their beginning, in Jesus' beginning. It's talking about in the beginning of the creation of the earth. So from the very beginning of God's creation, here Jesus was existing. He didn't just appear. He was already there. He was part of the creation of everything. He knew of your existence before your parents were born, 
before your grandparents, before any of them. He knew of you. He knew of me. And He knew what our needs were going to be. He knew what our desires were going to be. He knew everything about you and I. He knew the good, the bad, and the ugly. And He died for us anyway. He loved us anyway. In spite of ourselves. And when I'm saying that, my mind is going back to the cross. Jesus was hanging on the cross. He had a thief on either side of Him. The one on the left was a heckler. He was... He was aggravating Jesus. He was telling Jesus, if you are the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, come down from the cross. And the one on the right called him down and said, basically said, shut up. Shut up. We're here because we deserve to be here. This man has done nothing. And the one on his right looked over at Jesus and said, remember me in paradise. And Jesus looked at him and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Because he believed. Because he believed. Jesus knew those two thieves. And Jesus knew that at that point in time when he would be hanging on that cross between them, one of them would reject him and one of them would call upon him. And he knew that before they ever met. He knew that before anything else had happened in their lives. He knew it before they were even born. Jesus knew that you were going to be here today. He knew why you were going to be here. He knew the circumstances around it. Jesus allows you to be here today to hear this message. He desires you to be here today for His purpose, for His goal. For His will in your life. There is a purpose. There is a purpose in your life for being here today. God loves you. And God loves you enough that He put you here today for your best interest. Because He loves you and He wants to see your relationship with Him grow to the next level. He wants to see your fellowship with others grow to the next level. And it is He that can do that. So what is the divine purpose of the bread? In John chapter 10 verses 28 and 29, Jesus said, And I give unto them eternal life, speaking to those who believe Him, and believe in Him. And they shall never perish. They have eternal life. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. A promise. An eternal promise from Jesus about being saved. God placed you in a situation to hear the gospel. If you're not saved. Today, there is an eternal assurance that it's one and done. Maybe you, maybe you remember a time in your life, maybe as a child, when you went to an altar and you asked Jesus into your heart and into your life and, and you feel like that that happened. 
But since then, things have happened and maybe you feel like you're no longer saved or maybe you feel like you can no longer be saved. This verse gives encouragement that you are. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus says, if you're saved, if you truly believe in me, if you've truly given yourself to me, I have you in my hand. And no one, no one can take you out of it. It doesn't matter. The decisions that we make, it doesn't matter. The circumstances we're in, it doesn't matter what has happened to us. It affects our relationship with God. Yes. When we go out, we don't, when we're saved, we do not have a license to sin. We, we go out and we fail and we commit sin. That, that hurts our relationship with God. But it doesn't hurt our salvation. It doesn't hurt our salvation because He has us in the palm of His hand. And nobody's going to pluck Him out. Nobody's going to take you away from that. That relationship with God, though, is just that important. Yes, we're saved. Yes, our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But today I want you to think about your relationship. If you're saved today, think about how close to Jesus you really are. If you're not saved today, think about what Jesus has offered. Think about that new life. Think about all of the blessings. And I'm not going to stand here and paint you a pretty yellow or golden road picture of salvation. Salvation is a tough walk. Salvation is really difficult. Because when you get saved, you become the enemy of the devil. And there is a devil. Just as there is God in heaven, just as there is Jesus at the right hand of God, just as there is a Holy Spirit moving and working in this group this morning, there is a devil that wants to destroy your soul. There is a devil that wants to get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. There is a devil that wants to hurt you and harm you. As a matter of fact, over in Peter, one of the books of Peter, it says he is like a roaring lion searching whom he may destroy. He can't take you out of the hand of Jesus as far as your salvation goes. But what he can do is so preoccupy you, so mess you up, so get you so messed up in life that you cannot have that relationship with God that God wants from you. Is that happening in your life this morning? Are you being kept away? Is the devil keeping you away from a relationship with God? Is the devil keeping you away from the closeness that God wants between you and Him? I can't answer that for anyone but myself today. I have walked down that road. I have walked down the road of rebellion against God. I have walked down a road where my relationship has been strained because the devil has blinded me. And I don't encourage anyone to go down that road. I don't encourage anyone to make that walk. There's, it's a dead end road. It gets darker and darker and narrower and narrower. There are plenty of people on it. 
But it goes nowhere but to destruction. Nowhere. Jesus. <coughs> Jesus gives us what we need. And He gives us the instructions. He gives us the directions. He gives us the promises. Paul found this out. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 6, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We are accepted to God as adopted children to Jesus Christ when we are saved by grace through faith, believing in Him. Jesus is the bread of life because He is life. Because He is everything that needs, that the person needs, that you need, that I need. He is everything that we need in life. Through Him, all things are not just possible, but through Him, all things are probable. He meets every need in our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be with these ladies this morning. Thank you for the time that you have given through them and their faithfulness to be here and hear your word. Lord, I pray that if there's one here this morning that does not know you as the Lord and Savior of their life, one that has not called upon you and believed in you, I pray that that will happen before it's eternally too late. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that do know you this morning. I pray that their relationship with you will be strengthened. I pray that they will understand better Jesus as the bread of life and what he offers to them as far as their growth, as far as their development, as far as their Lord and Savior. Lord God, I pray as we depart and go our way that you'll strengthen these ladies, that you will encourage them, that you will come alongside them in all of the needs in their life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.